This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything. From which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 51 of the Stacey West podcast. Uh, I'm Ben and as ever Gary's with me. Are you alright mate? Yes I am, yeah, yeah. I uh, see what you mean by when you said starting again now, but that's a private joke. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm all good mate, thank you. So, I'd say you know, not happy with what happened uh, on the pitch yesterday for, for a couple of reasons, but you know, I've got my health so, you know, it's all good isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, and I mean it was uh, it was a disappointing disappointing day yesterday. So we'll jump straight into it. Um, we did say we're going to try and do two a week if we've got a midweek game, just for the uh, the purposes of um, not trying to cram too much into a weekly show. So um, yeah, like Bristol Rovers yesterday, uh, it, it was one of those performances where I think a lot was summed up. Um, uh, well, I mean, it was it was summed up by th- I think the mood of everybody walking out was one of those of well, I think we we're kind of desperate to get things back on track, um, but it it didn't quite click yesterday, did it? It was it was just one of those days. Yeah, I mean, I I saw a, a well known Lincoln City face who I won't quote because it, it was kind of a private exchange between the two of us who just said, um, "Well, we were rubbish for a lot of that, weren't we?" Um, which is harsh, but fair at the same time. Probably, I don't. Th- yeah, I think we started really well. I think the first fifteen minutes we looked good. Um, we'll touch on certain key incidents, I think, in a moment. But you know, I mean, Jack Payne had a good effort saved, and I thought we're, we're going to do well here. I thought um, I thought we were going to be the better side, and um, not getting that decision early doors certainly changed the, the course of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Then we seemed to just run out of ideas a little bit, and I think they really came into it. If the first half had gone on five or ten minutes longer, I think they would have taken the lead. Um, that's how how much I think we retreated into our shells. And it seemed to me that perhaps that was a 
a symptom of of not having the regular management team in the dugout because I think that's the point where you would make changes, whether it was switching the players on the wings, whether maybe Morel and, and Connolly might have just switched side by side, maybe one of them might step forward a little bit. I don't know. But I feel mm. that sticking to the game plan rigidly was probably why we started both halves well because we came out in the second half and started very well. Um, I thought Tyler Walker looked alive. I thought Andrade put a couple of decent crosses in, got a couple blocked. Uh, missed Grant on the delivery but again then a, another dubious decision did for us and, and after their goal that was it then um, you know heads began to drop I think we lacked the leader on the pitch in Bozzi because he had obviously gone off um, you know, I certainly saw Shackle having a pop at one or two players for lax passes uh, and, and having been in the post-match presser as well and talking to Harry Tofflow he wasn't happy with his performance or the team's performance um, but it, it's hard because it was it was a tough match for us to have to get through. It's not an excuse. Uh, an excuse is when you say the referee was awful. That's that's an excuse. Um, you know, to, to be a victim of circumstances is a little bit different. You know, were we Bolton Wanderers, we might have cancelled the game and worried about our players' welfare a little bit um, mentally. But obviously, <laughs> we're not, so we didn't. Uh, and and we paid the price against what was a really average Bristol side. Yeah, I think uh, the. the- the Bristol Rovers side that, that showed up, I think, uh, well, we, we've said, I think I've said to you privately as well, it, they're the worst team that I've seen since the bank this season. They just, they they didn't, they didn't have a lot of ideas themselves, but it was, it was one of those where I think they, they knew exactly who to sort of double up on. And, and I think they, they pressed us really well. Um, I think when you have, when we tried to get some time on the ball, I think they, uh, they managed to sort of put two or three on on certain key players and, and try and cut down the amount of time that uh, they had on the ball. Um, but like you've said and like you mentioned there, the, the, the there were two decisions that changed the game. Uh, the first one within the first five minutes was a blatant handball on the line, um, and mm. you know if that if if, if that's given, um, I think. Uh, I think that's, you know, to be honest, by the letter of the law, it's a red card, and we get a penalty. So, mm. uh, well, mm. I think it is because mm. it's, it's on the mm. it's on the line, and he's he's moving his moving his body towards it, and he's essentially scooped it off. It's a penalty. It's not a red card. He's the ball's going out of play in my opinion, or, or maybe at the post. She's not on the line. Again, I'm, I'm, and, and this is, yeah, I, I watched the game through rose-tinted spectacles just like uh, like most people. Um, for me, it's not a red card. It's not a deliberate reach out with a handball, um, but it's it's 100% a penalty. And even from the press box, you can see it. Mm-hmm. Definitely a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think from, from where I was sat, it, it looked like it was going in rather than, rather than you know going wide or, or hitting the post but aside from that you know the, the dis- Ben and Gary disagree <laughs> after five minutes Jane will love that won't she there will be a point there will be a point in which you'll agree with me and uh, and and I a good friend Jane will will appreciate and celebrate um but uh yeah it it just I don't know it, it was an inept display wasn't it from from uh, from the referee and I think you said uh at the uh, at the time on your uh, on on your Twitter because you I think you were covering it for the for Football League World I think it was just uh, he's not going to be looking at house prices anytime soon in Lincolnshire it was just some of the decisions that he was given I just couldn't get my head around it I thought he was just poor from start to finish really um, 
he was utterly bizarre then. That's what he was. He was he was an oddity. He was giving decisions based on the hand signals from his fourth official. Yes, I know. Maybe that's a new thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right down in front of me. The uh, and it went in our favour, but one of their chaps handballed it, and they actually handballed it an awful lot. Oh, yeah, there was Johnson Clark Harris was penalised three or four times for handball. I've never seen as many given in a game, and, mm. and you know the one he didn't give was the most blatant. But there was one where their boys controlled it. The ref's not in a bad position and doesn't give it, and the line the the, the fourth official taps his arm, the linesman's flag stays down, and the ref gives. Yeah, it. I, and I've never I noticed that rightly or wrongly, I've never. I've never seen a, a, a play stopped because a player's lost his boot. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that was and that was a yeah. I think Joe Morrell um, lost his boot at one point, and yeah, it was just a, a weird game with some really poor decisions. Um, I I think I said on on Twitter, you know, is it going to be? Is it possible to give less than one on a referee's assessment? Because it was like you said. There was a point where he, he was clearly looking to his fourth official to make a decision, and I didn't think that was—I didn't think that was an option. You know, I'd, I've never seen it before um, in you know in a professional game, and uh, yeah, it, it was maybe it, maybe we've missed something. I mean, yeah, maybe they they are allowed to use whatever means necessary. I'm, I, I'm not criticizing that out and out it's but it seems bizarre and it seemed blatant mm. uh, but i am criticizing the second penalty decision because if that's a penalty we all may as well pack up and go home now um because their boy is, it was disgusting really yeah. tom nichols has jumped into neil early yeah he, he's clearly he's clearly jumped into him and then looking back at it last night um the first uh the first reaction from uh, from from Rachel, my wife, when we watched it, was that she just went, "Well, he's tripped Erdley up. How is that a foul?" Like you, you look at it, and he basically shoulder charges Erdley um, after he's lost the ball. And I mean, what the referee was, where he was positioned, he was com- he was out of the shot on the TV camera. You know, he's he's near the, he's nearer the centre circle than he is the penalty area, and he's or the halfway line, sorry, than the penalty area, and he's just given that from God knows how far away. It was really poor, and I think similar to what you've said before about uh, our, our favourite man Seb Stockbridge, I think he probably got a little uh, little tingle in his jimmies when he uh, when he blew the whistle and everyone blew up. Uh, everyone sort of had a go at him for it. I think he was he was itching to give something all afternoon. He was, he was itching you could to it. give something against us because we yeah. were booing him on thirty minutes for inconsistent decisions early doors. And I always feel certain referees go against the crowd that are booing them. And they shouldn't, but certain referees do. And and he did. Um, and you look back, I think he, he got quite a bit of stick for Grimsby away last year. Mm-hmm. And Gevel's a, a really dubious penalty, which levelled the game. We would have got beat by Grimsby otherwise last season. And I think... I think he's one that, that kind of reacts to that. You've only got to ask yourself, I've blogged it today, he's been a football league referee since 0203, but he's not been on the Premier League list. You ask yourself that. Why has he done 16 years mm. of no promotion? Yeah, he, He's that guy in the office that kind of sits in the corner with the glasses and the moustache who never goes anywhere in terms of promotions because everybody knows you can't promote him because he's a little bit weird. Um, but he turns up every week, you know, and then we can't go to the trouble of having to... Uh, uh, to get rid of him, so. but yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a bad. It was a bad decision, and the linesman didn't actually flag as well, which is even more crucial. The linesman didn't think it was a foul. Yeah, I mean, there was there was no appeal either. There was no appeal from the the Bristol right. Rovers players. I think there was 
possibly one that sort of half-heartedly stuck his arm in the air as if to go, oh, it's a penalty. But, I, yeah. There's a reason there was no appeal. It wasn't a foul. Yeah, it wasn't a foul. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple. And the thing is, some people will say, well, it's clever play from Tom Nichols because as a striker, you're looking to try and win an advantage fairly or unfairly. And I, you know, I don't like to see it, but our boys have done it plenty as well. Bruno's won a couple quite easily. Um, but it's not that clever striker play, is it? Because he's, he's, he's not even like he's made the right moves. I mean, he's conned the referee, but this is a guy that would, you know, if he gets an email from a Nigerian saying put 20 thousand pound in a bank account Boyerson's <laughs> probably the sort that'll go oh yeah I'll do that there's 10 million coming my way um, and he, he, in terms of fitness he reminded me of Huxtable the clown the referee from uh, Port Vale last year that he's got the spare tie around him hasn't he I think he did one of our games that I missed did he do Macclesfield at home as well but big fat fella so, yeah. can't yeah, keep yeah. Him. yeah it's it's not. If it, you know, Jamie was quite reserved and in the post-match interview and he had his head of football uh, came into the post-match presser, Jez George, and, and, and was stood there. And I think Jamie was probably therefore a little bit more reserved because if I had been the manager and I'd got a few grand to spare, I would have laid it on the line and just said, Carl Boyerson, oh. Boyerson is an utter menace. Yeah, it was That's it. just... I mean, it was complete incompetence, but it... <sighs> I think initially I said it was, you know, I, I didn't like blaming the referees for losses and yesterday was one of those rare days. It wasn't the reason that we lost, but it was a massive contributing factor. Um, I just think Toff, I think Toff was probably really hard on himself after the game, um, both in the, the the press conference and the uh, the post-match interview on the radio. Um, he was he was very hard on himself saying, oh, you know, it, was, it was, just wasn't good enough for me. I, I could have done a lot more, but... I think the the wording from Jamie McCoom was when he said, you know, that the, the players were almost trying a bit too hard to put the week behind them. I, I get what he means by that because you know sometimes you can, if, if you've got something where you're trying to move past it and you're trying so hard and you, you're sort of tripping over yourself, you you know, sort of all the cliches come in like you can't see the wood for the trees and all that. It's I think they were just trying so hard to prove that yes, we can do this. Yes, we've moved past it and. It, it, they put their energies into the wrong places and I think the discipline started to go a little bit towards the end of the second half. Um, you mentioned about Jason Shackle um, calling out people for some bad passes. I think there were a few moments where um, you could almost see a couple of the players starting to, to nip at each other um, and it was yeah, it, it was just a frustrating afternoon all round. Um, so... Um, is there anything else that you, you want to sort of add to that before we go to uh, Jake's interviews? Yeah, I would just say I I thought that we probably lacked uh, leaders, as I've said. I thought Joe Morrell had a decent game mm-hmm. and he would probably over the 90 minutes be my man of the match. I think Bozzy was great in the first half and I, I do think that um, he certainly contributed uh, to keeping things a little bit more stable. Um, mm-hmm. I know we've said, and I've said it today in my, or yesterday as you're listening to this in my blog, that you don't blame the referee. But the hard, cold hard fact is, if Bristol Rovers aren't given a spot kick from 12 yards. They don't score in a month of Sundays because they're never really threatened. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, in reality, that's exactly what we are saying, is that if it wasn't for the referee, we wouldn't have lost the game. But the point is that we probably weren't good enough to win the game. You know, our best chance came from a Jack Payne brilliance, but... Payne didn't get into the game, dare I say, half as much as he should. Our wingers were relatively ineffective of the two. Harry probably had a better game, but both of them came in and out of it. I didn't actually think our back four were that terrible. 
I thought Toff and Erdley, although they misplaced passes, had very decent games. I, I couldn't fault Bolger. I thought Bolger didn't put mm. a foot wrong when he came on as well. So, it, but it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, we've all been. You, yeah. I'm sure you have as well. We've been in, in jobs where people leave, and it changes the dynamic of the office until someone else comes in, and and that's what yeah. we've got now. No matter what the club are saying. So yeah, that's. I just want to put the yesterday behind us. Oh, and by the way, George Grant isn't going back to Nottingham Forest because you can't recall a player when you've sold him. Sorry, what did you hear that rumor? No. That rumor before the great before the game, yeah, people were saying uh, Grant's not playing because he wants to go back to Nottingham Forest. Now Danny's left, and I've seen that on social media as well. What people have put that they've written that, they've, but but we've should we just should we just move on, Ben? <laughs> yeah, let's let's. Like, sorry, Bozzy wants to go back to Peterborough now as well. <laughs> Get him on the phone. I you know. I might I might I, move back to Cambridge. Jesus Christ! Yeah, 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 bloody hell! Oh, right. and one anyway, other thing: there was um, some nonsense. One other thing. One other thing. One other thing. Sorry, I got called out for betting against Lincoln, saying that a true supporter would never bet against uh, his own club, um, and I did, and I won. So, sod you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so right, and if I'm not a true supporter, I'll burn my three thousand pounds worth of memorabilia, sixty replica shirts, unwrite my six books that I've written, uh, score the tattoo off my arm, and change my entire profession. Um, I'd sooner you pass me the memorabilia and that if you want to, but the tattoo and that you can quite happily take <laughs> it off your arm, mate. That's fine. Um, <laughs> anyway, nonsense rumours aside, um, Jake caught up with some fans after the game yesterday. So let's hear what people thought. First home defeat of the season. Not really good enough, was it really? Absolutely appalling. Then, how could you pick a man of a match? Yeah. There was nobody. And if Jamie McComb's here for another few weeks, God help us. Jamie no shots McComb. Well, obviously, we can talk about the referee, but at the end of the day, we just weren't good enough going forward, were we? Uh, absolutely. The referee was shocking, but so was Lincoln. Uh, Never seen a performance by Neil Erdley like that. Jack Payne, how on earth he didn't get hooked, I'll never know. Um, why take Tyler Walker off when he looked to be the only person that was doing anything up front? Should have put the two up together. The decision for the penalty, a little bit soft, surely? Absolutely appalling. Uh, laughable. Laughable. As, especially with some of the Ones in the first half, he didn't give you know, a clear handball that was a full-length dive. And Rochdale on, on Tuesday, not you know we've not won in like the last seven games. It's not it's not great, is it? You know we can't we have to go up there and try and, and try and fight because that's what they're what they're like. Now, um, I think we need somebody in and somebody in quick, whoever it may be, and impose their style of football on us. Next manager, Gareth. Gareth. Oh, what can you say about that? Not a lot, really. Uh, definite improvement needed. Do you think it was because of, obviously, what's happened with the manager? I don't know. I would have thought it would have been a better display than that because people will be, obviously, uh, somebody new coming in. Uh, I thought the lads would pick themselves up, but they're obviously uh, in the doldrums at the moment due to the Cowleys. Ref was poor, but 
so are we to be fair we were atrocious absolute shocking you know and uh, we needed a goal and he took the centre forward off yeah and I replaced him with another one but you needed two up front at least and then their penalty bit soft or uh, or did you think it could have, they have a case for it from where I was sat it was a very soft penalty but the referee was atrocious today but we can't blame the ref we were shocking there was not one individual player that really did anything uh, to warrant any notification and next manager who do you think it, who do you think it's going to be there's Flynn and Ainsworth at the minute yeah. do you think it could, Ainsworth could get the job yeah maybe but uh, whoever comes needs to come quick and get them sorted brilliant uh, so Chris first home defeat of the season not really good enough not not good enough um, I don't think we deserve to lose it by any stretch but we weren't good enough to win it no. seemed to not quite have as much as I thought they'd have today I thought they'd be really I mean first 20 minutes I thought we looked good yeah. Bristol clearly had no intention of coming here for I didn't think anything other than a, a smash and grab or a point yeah. and, and that's what they've got so fair play to them but how, how long do you want me to wait before yeah. I talk about the referee I mean we could talk about the referee which we will do of course but we were we didn't create enough chances, you know. And then taking Tyler Walker off at that stage when you thought he might go up with John, especially with well how work how well it works, sorry, at Wickham on, on Saturday. Yeah, very surprised. I thought I thought John would come on and partner Tyler for that last 20, 25 minutes or so. Wasn't to be. Um, I, just all over one to eleven there was just not what I hoped we'd see after sort of, you know, the the week we've had and, and what they would have been talking about and the sort of how impressed everyone's been with what's gone on with the squad. Everyone was talking about how united they were and together and they're lifting each other up and it just seemed, I don't know, it was a great atmosphere, first half, but it just seemed, just nothing got going. Nothing fell for us at all. Maybe Uh, the chances even didn't really help ourselves, did we? No, I think Tyler probably... I, I gave him man of the match. I gave him man of the match because I thought, on occasion, he just showed flashes of brilliance that we needed, like that ball out to Harry. Yeah, and came yeah. across to Bruno, and Bruno missed it. But you know, yeah, and he had that one lovely little shot that yeah. you know, foot foot inside the post. It's a worldie, but yeah. I don't know. It was just one of those games. I, I didn't really come with much expectation, but I came with a lot of excitement. Yeah. Um, and. I think if we'd have come away with a point, we'd probably be relatively happy with it. I, I'm just, I'm more angry than anything. Yeah, else. we we all talk about the referee now. Uh, the incident in the first what, two minutes, handball, looked destined to go in the bottom corner. The referee, it clearly struck his arm, but didn't give anything. From from the moment he came out and he was wearing his blue top, I thought, oh, here we go. There was no reason for him to be in that in those blue tops for starters shocking decision with that penalty I'd watch it again tonight but it looked like yeah, do you not think they have a, they don't have a case or anything Bristol Rovers for that it was, it was good centre forward play though from, from Nickel wasn't it what for their penalty yeah for their, for their penalty for well, he's, 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 he's looked to me like he walked back into our player and yeah, fell over he gave the referee a decision to make though, I don't think there was a decision to make if, if anyone says that was a soft penalty I don't think it was a penalty there's nothing soft about it it was just generally the referee was just poor all over the pitch rather than just a penalty area. Didn't seem to understand the the basic rules, you know. Players going down and then getting injured, not going off at the nearest point, subs not going off at the nearest point. It was basic stuff that he didn't get and he'd lost the game um, within those first couple of minutes. It was a stonewall handball for me. There's no... There's no excuse, and then he's booking Joe Morrell for a handball down in, by the corner. Yeah, it wasn't consistent. Uh, it was just, it was just an absolute shocker on all. You know, I mean, these supposed assistant referees. Yeah. I, I don't know what they bother turning up for. Yeah, I did see you giving them quite a lot of stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was angry. I felt angry because I really wanted to see a fair game. If we'd have lost that one nil, 
and they deserve to win it yeah, and the ref had had a good enough. game, then fair enough, you, you know, you take those defeats. But it, it's so frustrating because the referee's going to go home tonight, have a nice cup, you know, cup of tea and go to sleep and it doesn't have yeah. any impact on him whatsoever. But those boys in that dressing room must be devastated after yeah, that because you could see that, the way they were reacting yeah. to him and Bolger getting booked for telling him to do his job. Yeah. You know, it's, it, was, it was embarrassing. But we weren't good enough today. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully Tuesday night we can, we can make amends. I think we need to get whoever's coming in as soon as yeah. obviously it probably won't be for Tuesday's game but I'd like to see whoever's in there you know watching the Rochdale game and, and definitely in the dugout for the Oxford game and, and having you know a few days with the lads beforehand yeah. obviously it's a new era now at the club who's who do you, you know there's two front runners Flynn and Ainsworth but obviously I've spoken to you before off air and I'm pretty sure you want Ainsworth to come in I'd be thrilled with either of them Ainsworth's probably my favourite but I don't know if that's tinged with sentimentality um, but I'd be more than happy with either and I think both would do a really good job and they've got a squad of players there we've got some cracking players and you know we've started well we've, we're still kind of in a position that we would have bitten hands off for over the summer yeah. so all is not lost I think but we just need to get someone in and, and, and kick on and get that stability back and, and move forward under the new management whoever that might be and we'll support them whoever it is so um, Rochdale on Tuesday we have to go there and fight because they're a big physical team they got beat today 6-0 or something like that they, you know, they, we've got to go there and get a result surely I think so yeah we've got to come back I, I'd like to come back with a win They're, they've not had a great result today at home um, it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting I'd like to see Big John up front with Tyler Tyler yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to just see that given a chance um, you know I hear sort of Flynn is maybe more of a two, two up top yeah, kind is, of yeah. manager so that would be interesting potentially um, but yeah, we need we need to start getting some results because we've had a poor run, and um, we we need to get some points back on the board and get some confidence back and get them playing like they were half a dozen games ago because yeah. it just seems to have fizzled out a bit. Yeah. Um, whether that's because of stuff going on behind the scenes yeah. or, or what, I don't know. You know, of course we've had a horrendous you know schedule with games to squeeze in, um, but that's not an excuse. We need to just get some points out and, and get some results. I'm not even bothered about the performance anymore. We just need to get some scrappy one nils, yeah, get some points, and just dig in. We, it's it's tough now. It's going to be tough. So uh, I'm here after the game with Bobs. Now Bobs has been anchoring to get on the podcast for 50 episodes. After 51 episodes, here he is. Bobs, how did you see the game, mate? Um, uh, it was always going to be one of them funny ones. Great atmosphere again after. Quite over 8,000 imps turning up to support the team, like, but there just seemed to be a bit of flatness about them today. Didn't help with Boyson, like, I think he's absolutely terrible referee for both sides. Um, uh, it was one of them I'd done it, it was one of them, like you've just said a couple of seconds ago. Nobody, I don't think anybody was going to score in open play. Took a penalty that was looked dubious from where I was sat. I was at the other end, so I can't really say. But I'll be watching it tonight to see if it was a penalty or not. Like, uh, just for listeners, uh, we will be putting this subtitles uh, on the <laughs> on the video for you so that you can hear it. Um, so I mean, just flipping on. Obviously, it's a period of turmoil at the moment. Do you have anybody you'd like to see come in and take over? To be honest, I, I sort of fancy Parkinson myself. Like, uh, I think Gareth is a bit of an emotional. One, and I'm not sure if he really wants to come. Those comments he made last week looked very much to me like he was trying to force the board at Wickham's hand, the trust, the, the fans' board to get the deal, the money investment. Um, Flynn, I don't know. Um, I think we should be looking to 
at least someone from our level rather than from a lower level. Um, but uh, it's up to the board and Clive. I'm sure they'll make a good decision, hopefully. They made a good one last time, so <laughs> uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, if we can stay in this league, that's Parkinson for me to for this season. And then if he does okay, we can give him a longer contract. We won't have to pay any compensation to anybody for him. He's got experience, but it's up to Clive in it. See what, the, what, the, what he thinks will fit. Sam, thank you very much, Bob. Uh, and that last little bit wasn't actually Jake, that was me. I had the luxury of catching up with Bob's after the game. He's been desperate to get on the podcast. Um, so, as I've said, if anybody does need a translator, <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure if anyone knows any Geordie translators or not. Or is he Geordie? Yeah, South nice. Shields, isn't yeah. he? Uh, great guy. <laughs> love Bob's. We love Bob's. Massive, massive friend of the blog and a personal friend of mine as well. Yeah, he's a good bloke. Um, caught up with him on uh, on Thursday as well. I just want to give some little bit of lip service to the fans forum. Um, it was uh, it was quite an interesting evening. I think everybody was was surprisingly positive. I think there was. I think if we, if they'd have held it on Tuesday night, I think it would have been a much different environment and a much different uh, a much different event. But it was it was nice to hear um, Clive and Liam talking about some of the issues that have been cropping up and. Um, nice to hear Clive sort of skillfully deflect some of the uh, the comments about the new manager. Um, the I think after about the third time he got asked about it, he was starting to get a little bit twitchy. So I tried to lighten the mood and I just said, you know, is there any way that I know you can't confirm anybody, but can you at least uh, confirm that you aren't talking to a certain Scott that currently resides in the Gillingham area? Um, which got uh, light in the mood a little bit, and um, and he sort of said, "Well, we can't." But if you have a look at the betting, um, I think you're probably safe to say that that's uh, a bit of a long shot, which was you know quite pleasant. Um, but yeah, the, the fans forum was uh, was one of those evenings where um, it was it was just quite interesting um, from you know from a slightly sort of internal perspective. Um, but yeah, anyway, right, shall we move on to manager talk or Rochdale? Surprise me. Okay, let's talk about uh, let's talk about managers. Um, there's been uh, there's been a little bit of movement in terms of the, uh, the where the odds are lying at the minute. I think uh, at one point Michael Flynn was suspended uh, betting on Michael. No, sorry, Michael Flynn wasn't suspended, but the betting on Michael Flynn was suspended. Uh, I think Friday afternoon or Saturday morning. Um, but as of yet. Uh, we're recording this Sunday afternoon. Um, there is currently no official word from the club uh, as to a permanent appointment as of yet. So um, I, th- I don't think there's been a whole lot more movement in terms of rumours and stuff like that, has there? No, I'm just looking down now. Matt Taylor's crept up the betting. He's now eight to one third favourite. Um, he's obviously the Exeter manager. Twenty five to one. Derek Adams has now come in at as well. He was in the Stacey West, apparent, uh, not the Stacey West, the Salinity Stand, apparently yesterday. Um, uh, Simon Mills, who works for uh, Sky Sports, uh, had a quick word with him, but he's also uh, apparently connected to Bristol Rovers, so it might have been that he was in there there in some capacity with them. Um, so I can't see any major changes. M- Mickey Flynn has said that he is uh, going to be in charge this week for Macclesfield, I think, Newport Place. So he said he's going to be in charge of that on Tuesday. Um, so if it is Flynn, I wouldn't expect any movement there. 
Uh, not really heard anything from Gareth Ainsworth at the moment. Um, I have heard a little bit more about that, the, the their investment. Um, apparently, it was turned down by Yeovil. Now, I haven't got that confirmed. I haven't done my research today because I've been quite busy. Um, so whether that – I know, shocking. Um, so whether that investment – might be turned down by Wickham, and if it, if that was looking like the case, that could push Gareth a little higher up. But there's no odds on favourite now, um, not particularly, and it, it just goes to show that the, the odds are all a load of arse, aren't they? Um, yeah. Essentially, I mean, the rumour, some rumours I heard around the ground at the weekend was that we'd interviewed Sol Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also uh, heard that Gary Rowett had been interviewed as well, uh, but again, I don't know. Whether that's the case or not, I haven't got any official inside knowledge. And if I did have, uh, I probably wouldn't sell out my confident, uh, my uh, my my sources on by by revealing it on here. So, but we do have some interesting clips of people discussing the new manager. I think, don't we, Ben? Absolutely. So yeah, we uh, well, you you took the honours and uh, had a good chat with a few uh, Imps fans around the fan zone on Saturday. Um, so here's some here's some thoughts about who we think or who people want so yeah okay i'm here with sean sean who would you like to see as the next lincoln city manager hey mate uh personally toss up between flynn or ainsworth uh, flynn's done well at newport what is turned around the back of cup runs but personally i have to be ainsworth lincoln lad he's uh, always been a lincoln legend he was here when i first started watching lincoln so my money will be on him, hopefully. So fingers crossed, down to Clive and the uh, gang. Wonderful. And who would you specifically not want to be Lincoln manager? Oh, I don't know why uh, Paul Adkins keeps uh, getting bounded about. Nigel. Never, Nigel, sorry, Nigel Adkins. Paul Adkins, he's my manager at work. Um, yeah, Nigel Adkins. I don't know why him, but I'm just not interested. He doesn't seem to be the right man for the job. I don't know. But that's about him, the only one. Thank you. And who would you want to be manager, Charlie? Sorry, Charlie's just got a mouthful of Diet Coke. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> OK, I'm here with another Lincoln fan. Uh, Mickey Flynn's the favourite. What do you think of that? Not happy at all. Don't think he's the right man for the job. I think he's the cheap option. He'll be the cheapest one we can get. Um, he's done... He's done well at League Two level, but he's not—he's not proven at this level. And for me, he's, he's just the cheap option, and he's not—he's not, he's not going to cut it for me. And who would you want to see come in? I would like uh, Parkinson for what he did with Bolton in the administration transfer embargoes. Plays a good style and brand of football. Uh, you know, he did well with Bradford in the cups and things. Uh, he's proven at this level. Also, Nigel Atkins—the man's proven at this level. League One, League Two, uh, Championship. And Premiership. It took Southampton relatively, you know, up to the Premiership. And uh, yeah, any, any of those guys. Uh, even uh, Jones from Stoke, if he gets sacked, to be another good option. But just just not Flynn. For me, he's, he's not proven. And I just don't think he's uh, he's going to play the coach on brand of football that our players can play at the minute. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm here with uh, James Jimbo Atkin, another Lincoln City fan. So, Jim, um, who do you think should take over as manager? Um, I don't know, really. Um, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it. Very good. Uh, any, I mean, any idea of any sort of type of manager? Would you want someone that's been around the block, young and up and coming, anything like that? Um, no idea, really. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks for the insight, Jim. OK, I'm, uh, I'm here with friend of the pod, Dean Wagstaff. 
Um, Dean, who uh, who would you like to see take over at Lincoln City? Do you think? Um, well, at the top two, um, I think the running the minute, I probably don't know. Really, kind of split. Hart does say Gareth Ainsworth purely for the legendary status that he has at, at Central Bank, but also uh, obviously, you know, he's uh, he's got that. He knows Central Bank. He knows Lincoln City. He, he's proved to himself he can adapt his style of play as well, just as uh, our previous manager did as well. Uh, but again, uh, looking at Mickey Flynn as well, he's got that pedigree of, um, of cup runs. He's got that. He's, he's able to turn stuff around as well. So if, if by some chance they did, you know, there was a bit of a uh, morale issue, uh, maybe you'd be able to turn that around as well. Wonderful, thank you, Dean. And just quickly for our listeners, um, can you let them know uh, what you do and uh, and how you were a friend of the pod last month? Yeah, so I uh, I serve up at um, RAF Coningsby. Um, I work with the PR team at, um, or volunteer with the PR team up at the Battle of Britain Memorial Flight. And uh, yeah, I invited uh, Gary and Ben along to, uh, along with Marcus, uh, to uh, basically have a tour around the flight and uh, yeah, and uh, come and look around the Lancaster as well. Wonderful, thank you, Dean. Dean does a lot for charity as well, so keep an eye out for him on Facebook and uh, make sure you sponsor him next time he's running further than I walk in a year. Thanks very much. So there we go. There are some uh, some imps that were around the ground on Saturday talking about who they would want to take um, as a new manager. Um, the one there about the, the the cheap option, I think it's possibly. I mean, it's not necessarily the case. Obviously, with you know with Michael Flynn, if he does come to us, we would have to pay um, some sort of compensation for him. So uh, it's it's possibly the the cheap options, possibly the the wrong wording to use there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, two sort of two overwhelming favourites there um, from from the you know the conversations that we had. So. Shall we? Uh, do you want to make any comments on on people's guesses or opinions, or shall we? Uh, shall we move on to the Rochdale game? Let's move on. Cool. Okay. Um, so yes, obviously Rochdale on Tuesday night, fresh off the back of a six uh, nil, I think it was. Yes, yeah, six nil tonking at Peterborough at the weekend. Um, are they going to be? the sort of proverbial like wounded animal or do you think it's indicative of their season at the minute? Um, no, I'm not so sure. They've only won two this season. One of those is against Tranmere, who I think have been generally quite poor. And the other one was against uh, Southend, who we know have been utterly awful. Um, so I don't think 6-0 is entirely fair. I don't think they're that terrible, but I do think that defeat away at Peterborough was inevitable. It suggests to me that when they're under pressure, they can't keep it tight. Um, Rochdale are a nice passing side. Mm -hmm. They've got some really decent players, a couple of nice loan players who build down the left in Norrington Davis and Pike. Um, Norrington Davis on loan from Shepherds United. Rekiel Pike on loan from our good friends at Huddersfield Town. Um, So Danny, if you're listening, recall him. Uh, for us um <laughs> so yeah they're, 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 they're good in that respect i was maybe a little bit defeatist in my article because i have this image of rochdale of being this established league one mid-table side play nice football beat the teams below and lose to the teams above them if you know what i mean um but they rely heavily on ian henderson up front who i think is uh, 104 this year or 105 um <laughs> he was a former teammate of fatty folks now, he's he's a veteran and he scored i think in 10 seasons in a row which is yeah massive credit to him more joking aside uh, but they do rely on him quite heavily up front um they're real the, the man i like plays at 10 they play four 
a four-two-three-one, very much like us, Doolian Pike on either side of of the attacking uh, three, and and Callum Camps in the middle. He's a, a, a homegrown Rochdale boy, come through their academy. Um, really good player. Uh, they've, they've they do quite well with their academy as well. They bring a lot of young players through. Uh, but they, they're not laden with stars. Brian Barry Murphy only took over last year after Keith Hill left. Um, and for me, it is actually a game that perhaps we could go there and get a point, I think, at least. Even with what's been going on, I, they'll play more football than um, Bristol Rovers did. But I just wonder if they're going to be a little bit like Southend and Fleetwood um, in that they don't have that killer edge up front. That's fair. I think... Uh... I, I, I'm interested. Um, I, I think it's going to be one of those. It, it, it's Toff said it's going to be the the most important game of the season for him, uh, not because it's necessarily the, the next game, but because of the fact that we're coming off the back of. Um, well, let's let's call it what it is. We've we've lost. Is it six out of the last seven at this point? Yeah, I mean, uh, let, let's say let's say. Four out of the last four five the in last, the league, shall we? Yeah, four out of five in the league. So, um, it, yeah, I, I'm. Hmm, I think we need to get at least, you know, we need to get at least a point on the board. Um, but the, I mean, one thing that uh, I did want to mention about that actually, Michael Horton was quite, he was quite sort of, um, well, almost spot on in what he said on the on the radio that. Lincoln at the moment, when they're you know when they're putting the passes together and when they're playing football. It does. They don't look like a side that have lost, um, that, that have lost that many games on the spin. So, I think it's just going to be a case of getting a, getting either a win or a, you know at least a point to to settle the nerves, and hopefully then we can start looking forward to getting uh, getting new bodies in and the new manager in. But... It's, it's all about the new manager, Ben. It's all about the new manager, and it's that's why it's hard for us to uh, predict Rochdale. Uh, with any degree of accuracy because of exactly the same reasons it was hard to predict yesterday of any degree of accuracy. If the Lincoln City that we saw take apart Fleetwood, and or not take apart, but beat Fleetwood, beat Accrington, the one that went to Huddersfield, that sort of Lincoln City would beat Rochdale. Mm. Um, but you have these other factors coming in. So we've lost, as, you, as we've just said, six of the last seven in all competitions, four of the last five in the league. So that might effect. Then you've got Rochdale on the back of a 6-0 defeat. They've lost 2 in 2 because they lost at Man City under t- at home to Man City under 21s in the cup as well. Um mm. you know they've only got one league win since the second game of the season which came against South End who were terrible. They've got a big cup date coming up at the end of September away at Man United which you know if players pick up red cards, or if they've got anyone who's already collected a high number of yellow cards, they're going to possibly be thinking about that as well. So you get all these other factors come into it. And I think um, it's going to be particularly interesting. I always used to remember Rochdale being a miserable place to go and we never got anything there. History probably proves me wrong. I think if we actually look back at our meetings with Rochdale, we actually had quite a good record against them under Keith. Certainly remember going there uh, and winning heavily. Do I remember us going there and winning 4-0? 4-1, something like that. I might be wrong. Um, I certainly remember us stuffing them 7-1. We won 3-0, not 4-0. It was 3-0 there. Um, It was one of the few that I actually went to. I think Fletcher and Yeo scored. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough game. It's a tough game for us to go and play. Um, But then they're all tough at this level. And no matter what Jamie and Harry say about being really 
keen to get back on on Tuesday and put the game behind us. I just think it would have been nice to have had another Tuesday off, give the team yeah. a chance to settle into training and give the board a chance to make a decision on the manager. Yeah, 100%. It would have been... Um, I, I think the, the Saturday-Tuesday thing, I know we've said it before, but particularly where we are at the moment in terms of a, uh, as a, terms of a club, uh, it would have been nice to just have that full week. Um, I think, again, it, well... If a new manager does come in before Tuesday night, it's obviously going to be one where there'll be a figurehead more than a, um, a you know, more than a, a, a hands-on manager on Tuesday night. It's going to be somebody that will be unveiled to go, okay, right, we've got a new manager now. Let's get our heads down and work on it. Rather than they are going to take charge on Tuesday night, unless unless something comes out in the next what two hours on Sunday night, and then they they reveal that they've been working in on on training since uh, since Friday. No, but, it'll be yeah, it's not going to happen. Um so yeah, it, it's not going to be um it's not going to be one of those games where they'll come in and have an immediate tangible impact on the game, I don't think. No, no no manager even if there is one in place which I doubt significantly, but I don't think there would, there would be anyone new in the dugout. I really can't see that happening at all. Um what I find quite interesting, I've just had a quick look at some of the who scored ratings uh, on uh, Rochdale as well. And Callum Camps, as I picked out, is on a 7.41. And the next is Norrington Davis on 6.98. And then O'Connell, I think, is also on loan. Um, mm. I might be wrong about that, actually. Uh, but then he's he's next up. And I, I just, yeah, I, I, I just think it's, if we're going to try and keep it the same, don't just keep it the same for keeping it the same sake. Otherwise, we'll fall into the same trap we did against Bristol Rovers. We're a good football side. I don't want this to be a doom and gloom pod. We're a good side. We've got good yeah. players. We've got strong players. The squad hasn't turned bad just because we've lost the person that put it together. You know, just it, it, that just doesn't happen. But it's just a period of uncertainty and it's going to affect people. And it leaves me and you guessing on a podcast. Um, and that's that, really. Do you know what I mean? It's We've got to go there. If we come away with anything, it'll be a good result. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a chance to catch up with um, with Harry Toffolo before the fans forum on Thursday night, and I, I sort of, I'm sure he won't mind me saying that he's he's essentially what people have said in in uh, in the public and in terms of the um, the spirit among the camp in the week. He said there was a couple of players that really surprised him um, with their with their reaction and, and how they've dealt with it in the week. Um, but it sounded like the mood was fairly positive in the camp. You know, it wasn't like um, it wasn't like they were going. Oh, that's it. We're going to lose everything now. And they, they were, they were working hard on everything. And it, it just seemed like I don't know. It just seemed like something didn't click on Saturday. Which again, will will be down to to where we are at the moment. So, um, I think that's probably going to be it. We said we'd try and do half an hour, which um, I think we've just about just about ticked over. Uh, we've got the we've got the game sort of covered yesterday, and, and looking forward to. Um, to, to Tuesday as well. Um, are we going to go for a prediction on Tuesday night or are we just going to let it play out? Because obviously, like I said, it's it's difficult to to put too fine a point on it at this stage. Yeah, I'm not predicting anything. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, so I think that'll do us then. Is there anything that you need to plug this week, Gary? Uh, I need to plug the gap between here and the kitchen because halfway through the pod, my dog opened the kitchen door and this door and with Phoebe in here and she's not usually, all I can hear is cooking oh, going wow. on and she doesn't realise the two doors are open. So if anyone can hear my <laughs> missus pottering around in the kitchen, 
Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm told, I think it's lamb that we're having. It's going to be really good. Oh, excellent. There we go. So I'm, uh, I'm cooking tonight and because I'm lazy, we're having tacos. So there we go. So nice. if anybody cares. Hang on, aren't they just open a bag? No. They just open a bag and put them in dips? No, that's that's the nachos. You, you've got to, you've got oh, to okay. actually, yeah, you've got to cook the mincemeat and put the salad in and all that stuff. You know, it's. Uh, it's I get my chos mixed up, my nachos, <laughs> my tacos. It's, it's all it's all odd to me. I, I like you know if it doesn't come with chips, I'm not interested. None of that bloody foreign muck for Gary. Yeah. No, 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 no. I like I like Indian, and this is this isn't like lamb roast either. It's uh, it's a lamb something or other. And we had a we had a butter chicken last night when we got back as well, which was like a curry. So I'm not a xenophobe, Ben. I just don't. I'm not a xenophobe. I'm just not big on tacos and nachos and bilios and nandos and uh, whatever. <laughs> Okay, well, while uh, while Gary sort of tries to get over the, uh, the 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 shock, if you like, of having some uh, some lovely lamb tonight, and then uh, I'll I'll go and enjoy my tacos. Um, I don't think there's anything that I need to plug this week. Um, there might be some stuff uh, in the next few weeks because I think there was the um, what was it the Three Hills thing today for the the walk for the, the FPS and the the Lady Imps. Um, I think there's some stuff that's coming out of that that uh, I'll need to have a chat with you about off air. But uh, on the whole, some exciting things coming up. And uh, like you said, don't get uh, don't get too doomy and gloomy about stuff. It's uh, we'll we'll be all right in the long run. I think we just need to wait for that new manager to pop through the door. So uh, yes, all right then, guys. We will see you next week. Um, hopefully, after we've gotten a few more points on the board and uh, we've got somebody else in the hot seat. See you later. Bye bye. Don't have nightmares. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.